Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hashtag blessed, too blessed to be stressed. You ever see those things come up on your online media scrolling? When you say something like this, when you ask somebody, how are you? And they, and they re- reply saying, I am blessed. Um, maybe you've heard that response. Uh, maybe you say it a lot. Um, to me anyway, that kind of response usually means things are going great. I'm happy as I can be. Everything's going in my favor. Life's going well right now. Maybe even I'm living my best life now. I hear things are going the way I want them to go right now. Materially, I've got all that I need, all that I want. I'm healthy and well. Sounds like I'm counting my blessings in hand. Life is good. But what about when things are not going the way that you want them to go? What about when you're chronically ill? What about when you're stuck in poverty and you don't see an obvious way out of it? What about if if you're struggling with depression or anxiety today? What about when I'm being sued or taken advantage of and I can't do anything about it? Am I not blessed when life is hard? Am I cursed by God? I'm afraid that the type of blessing uh, your favorite internet preacher is telling you about may not be uh, the blessing that Jesus uses, especially here in his Beatitudes. The context of this introduction to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount teaches us about the type of people whom God blesses and what blessing means, especially what Jesus means by blessing Uh, Some of the least likely candidates are included in this list of those who are blessed. And maybe it was some of those very candidates who were wondering if they could even belong in the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus was even just before our reading today, in the reading of the Beatitudes, Jesus was healing every kind of sickness and disease. He was ministering to the suffering and the demon-possessed. All sorts of people from all sorts of places were going to follow him. 
this was not the in crowd or the popular ones or the lifelong churchgoers. These folks saw something amazing in Jesus, though, and they began to follow him. And maybe they started to wonder at some point, is this for me? Could this really be for me? Could Jesus love me knowing who I am, knowing where I came from? Could I belong to the kingdom of God even though I belong to this country? Do I belong since I was once demon-possessed? Had leprosy and isolating skin disease or have nothing to put in the plate? Could I belong? More than that, there were many people of that day who were probably thinking to themselves about these people coming up uh, to follow Jesus that they didn't think they could belong. Um, after all, their lives did not look like they belonged or that they were blessed by God. Maybe even it looked like they were cursed by God. Surely, they, God must be punishing them for something because they're suffering so. And that was a prevailing thought of the day by many. How could they belong? So Jesus sees a teaching moment here after he has performed these miracles and these healings of deliverance and, and calling of the first disciples uh, these were the first days of the disciples on the job in their probation period, if you, want, if you will. And they had a lot to learn. Uh, what we're not so sure about is in the Sermon of the Mount, was Jesus just speaking to his disciples or was he speaking to uh, the crowds or a crowd that followed him up on the mountainside? I imagine personally that there were others among the group besides the disciples who were just healed and delivered uh, and they were following Jesus up on the mountainside too. Well, first, setting up the sermon this morning. Setting up the sermon on the mount is the Beatitudes. Like God said to Moses when he gave the Ten Commandments, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So Jesus declares who is blessed here. That is, grace comes first. I am your God. I saved you. I loved you first. You did nothing. You didn't even know what the commandments were. I saved you and brought you out of Egypt. Grace comes first. And so here Jesus offers grace first before he gets into his interpretation of the law, the commandments, and the Sermon on the Mount. Hashtag blessed. We want the disciple, he wants the disciples and the, the others to, to have a proper orientation, a proper perspective for when they hear the law, when they hear the commands, to, to know that you're blessed first. Know that you are loved first, that you belong first, that you cannot earn it or, or make the kingdom come by your own perfectionism or good works or by your violent revolutions. You are blessed by God first. God puts you in right relationship with himself through Christ first. Now, now let's talk about how to live as citizens of the kingdom. Now, how do we live in the presence of a holy God, just like when Moses gave the commandments? You were blessed, you were loved, you were saved first. Now, this is how you live. So Jesus is following along in that pattern. And so Jesus sits down as a king, if you will, taking his throne and his kingdom. The disciples come to him as his, as his subjects, his servants, and the king begins to lay out the values and the goals of his administration in this inauguration address. We call the Sermon on the Mount. Here, Jesus will not eliminate the law, but he'll provide a proper perspective and a proper interpretation of the law, an authoritative interpretation of the law. 
The late theologian John Stott calls the Beatitudes of Jesus both privileges and responsibilities of the kingdom of God. Privileges and responsibilities of the kingdom of God. In the first four, Jesus addresses our needs and struggles in life. While the last four, we're shown what we need to share with others and how to live in the hope and the joy of belonging in the kingdom. But this kind of hashtag blessed is not syrupy and sweet. Full of, it's not full of power of positive thinking either. Or pretending that all is well, even though it's not. Jesus sees our struggles. He sees our weaknesses. He sees what we are going through today. He knows our pain. And he still says you can be called blessed, even though your circumstances in life may appear to be just the opposite. You are blessed. The word blessed has caused much confusion for a long time now. What does it mean to be blessed, and what does Jesus mean when he uses it here in the Beatitudes? Used elsewhere in ancient times and in the modern world, blessed could simply mean lucky or happy. Fortunate. You're in a good place. You're doing well. Hashtag blessed. Some modern translations or paraphrases of the Bible even replace the word blessed with the word happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. But it seems like happy is not good enough here. Not to me, anyways. Happy usually means to me a current emotional state that's usually based on my circumstances. I have circumstances that give me a reason to be emotionally happy in the moment. So happy kind of, I think, ignores God and misses a deeper meaning of what it means to be blessed by God. Jesus would probably have more of a Hebrew mind when he use the word there, and maybe the Hebrew word, the meaning of the Hebrew word in mind versus the, the Greek word here. Uh, the Hebrew in mind uh, meaning a deep inner joy of those who experience the salvation of God. A deep inner joy for those who experience the salvation of God. It meant a deep happiness that did not re- rely on present circumstances of life. To be blessed means that no matter what's going on in life, I know I belong to God. No matter what's going on in life, I know I am loved by God. No matter what's going on in life, I know God's got this in the end. I know where I'm going when I die. I know that I'm saved. I know God is in control. There's a deep joy and a peace within the one who is blessed. But you may not know it or see it in other people if you're just looking at their outward circumstances or if you're just looking at their appearances. So Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount with these declarations. He's declaring who is truly blessed, who is truly happy, deeply joyful, and solidly at peace in their world, even though their world is chaotic, violent, and unfair. So to begin, as we begin taking a look at these Beatitudes of Jesus, it might be helpful to know that Jesus gets this from the Bible. Isaiah 61, to be Specific, but also from the Psalms. Isaiah 61 was the same passage Jesus read from and preached in his very first sermon in uh, his hometown. I'd like to read portions of Isaiah 61 right now. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn, 
and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion of your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. Good news for the poor, comforting for those who mourn, inheriting the land, reward, freedom, joy, praise from God, all right there in the scriptures. And Jesus is bringing it home for the disciples and for us. So let's begin. Jesus says in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why kingdom of heaven and not kingdom of God? Just as a side note, Matthew is writing primarily to Jewish authors, and traditionally writing uh, to Jews, you avoid using the word God. And so instead of kingdom of God, it's kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now we tend to spiritualize or to psychologize this first beatitude, thinking that it's just about a dispirited person or somebody who's feeling down. Jesus, however, probably has the actual poor in mind. You know, some of those who maybe were following him up the mountainside. The actual poor have no one but God to depend upon for their daily bread. They're in complete reliance upon God to meet their needs. And they realize that blessings are given rather than just received or that they're entitled to anything. The poor know that they need God, and they are, they are blessed when they see God providing for them. They too, rather than being punished by God for some reason, they too will fully participate in the kingdom when it fully arrives. Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Already now, despite the contradictory appearances, they already have the kingdom in Christ. There is a present and a future happiness here. Knowing that they belong, knowing that they already have the kingdom, gives them strength for the struggles of today and a hope for an eternal future. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God already right now. Jesus says in verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And again, we tend to think in our own personal and individual terms that this means blessed are those who lose a loved one because they will be comforted. But especially in the light of the context of Isaiah 61, those who mourn are the downtrodden, those who experience injustice, as God's people were of old. They mourn their lack of resources. They mourn the injustices that have been done to them. They mourn because they live under a system that's rigged in favor of the rich and powerful. They mourn due to the apparent slowness of God's justice. But now Jesus is saying, rejoice and be glad because your salvation has already begun in Christ. 
A time is coming when you will be comforted, you will be restored. Jesus will come back and you'll make all things right again. Rejoice now knowing that the kingdom has arrived in Christ and that true justice is coming. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus says in verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is a quote, actually, from Psalm 37, verse 11, where it says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Now, this is not meek as in submissive, mild, unassertive. Here, meek means humbled, as in one who has already been humbled or brought low due to the circumstances of their life. It's the oppression of the world, the oppressed of the world, who are bent over by the weight of injustice. Again, the meek only have God to rely upon for justice to come. They can't rely upon the courts or anyone else to come to their side. They can only trust and rely in God to make things right. The meek themselves have been humbled, so they too know how to deal with other people humbly and gently. They humble themselves before God, trusting God will make things right in God's own timing of things. They may have nothing now, but they will inherit the earth. There's a future blessing of having it all. Talking about the new heavens and new earth one day. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus says in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or satisfied, according to some of your translations. Those who long for God to act, for God to do something about the evil and the injustice that they see and experience in their world, they will be satisfied, they will be filled. As Psalm 107 says, verse 9, God satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with goods, good things. God's just and holy rule and control of all things fills us with good things. Those who long for wrongs to be righted. Those who long for good to overcome evil, for justice to replace injustice, they will be satisfied. They are the righteous who will inherit the kingdom. Those who hunger and thirst for it. Now. Jesus says in verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In the first four Beatitudes, Jesus addresses our direct needs of poverty and justice and comfort and righteousness. And now he addresses some of our responsibilities as citizens in the kingdom. And one of those responsibilities is to show mercy or to be a merciful person. That is, don't give people what they deserve. Don't give people what they deserve. Instead, be merciful toward them as God is and has been merciful toward you. As God did not give us what we deserved for our sin, that is mercy. If you do not punish your child for something they did, though they deserve to be punished, you are showing them mercy. If someone deserves to be slapped, hit, punched, pushed away by revenge, and you don't do it, you are showing them mercy. You're being a merciful person. A key characteristic of God, and therefore of a citizen of the kingdom, is to be merciful toward others. Not judgmental. Not hateful. Even if you have not been shown mercy by the rich and powerful, Jesus is saying, you show mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they too will be shown mercy. 
Jesus says in verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Again, Jesus is referring to his Bible here. Psalm 24 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. That means having his allegiances torn in different places. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. So instead of perfection here, moral perfection, I believe we're talking about integrity when we're talking about having a pure heart. The core of a person's inner thoughts and motivations are aligned with their, their actions and their behavior. You've internalized the commands of God and the teachings of Jesus so that you just live them out. You don't think one way and yet behave in another way. Uh, you're not just following the rules and so others can see just how good you are. Or you look good for others, even though you have a heart of murder or lust, for example. If you have a pure heart, you have an inner integrity of heart, mind, and soul. You, you live an integrated life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will truly see God when their souls are aligned with God's heart, God's values, and God's mission in the world. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus says in verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be children of God. I think we need more peacemakers in the world. People are willing to make peace with those around them or to work for peace in our world. As in our day, uh, the culture Jesus swam in also had violent activists who insisted that they were going to bring about God's righteousness and justice by force. Jewish revolutionaries were called zealots, and they, were, they weren't just passionate about a cause. They were willing to use violence and to kill people in order to get their way, in order to achieve their goals. And it's an ongoing temptation for those who are hurt, any of us who are hurt, or the downtrodden or the oppressed, to react, to get revenge, to strike out in order to hurt, maim, or kill those who hurt you. Of course, Jesus is going to talk about this a little more in the Sermon on the Mount. The zealots of Jesus' day thought that they were the true sons of God because they were acting out in forceful and violent ways. That's what they called themselves, the sons of God. Jesus, on the other hand, teaches that the true children of God are the ones who live peacefully and work toward peace in our world. The kingdom has arrived in Jesus outside of human violence and warfare and other, any other kind of work to make it happen. Why? Because it was a gift of God given in God's timing of things. No amount of violence, no amount of politicking will force the kingdom to come. Jesus teaches us to pray for it, though. To pray for his kingdom to come here on earth just as it is in heaven. And loving our enemies will be an important part of the sermon coming up. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And Jesus says in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There it is, the same reward as those who are poor in spirit. They receive the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who are persecuted because they did the right thing. That's what it means by righteousness, for those who did the right thing. Sometimes loyalty to God and doing the right thing and following God and God's values in the world will cause you more suffering. 
And Jesus said, blessed are those who endure such suffering for doing the right thing and keep doing the right thing, even though they suffer because of it. A little later, he'll tell us to pray for those who are doing the persecuting. Again, it will look like these are the ones who are being punished by God because of their life circumstances, when in fact they're considered the blessed ones. It's a whole reversal of things. Luke gets into that more, this great reversal in the Gospel of Luke. Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says in verse 11, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of things evil against you because of me. Verse 10, blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness for doing the right thing. Verse 11, blessed are you when you're persecuted because of me, Jesus said. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is an elaboration of verse 10. In fact, blessed are you whenever you're mistreated and suffer an injustice. Because your best life is not now. Your best life is in heaven. Rejoice and be glad because you join a long line of God's people who suffered for doing the right thing, who suffered because they stood up to speak the truth and did the right thing and pointed others to Jesus when it was not lawful to do so. They did. Great is your reward, it says, in heaven, not in this world, not necessarily in this life. But consider yourself blessed even though everything in life is not perfect and may never be perfect in this life. Consider yourself blessed. Great is your reward in heaven. So the Beatitudes of Jesus, they show us who receives the kingdom as Jesus proclaimed it. Uh, They are truly happy. They're the blessed ones of God. And it's not because all things are going well in life or that they have all that they'll ever want or that things are going their way all the time. On the contrary, things are not going well right now. And that's true for some of you here this morning. Things are not going well for you. But we know who holds the future in his hands. Suffering injustice is part of the broken world in which we live, but we know the comfort and the peace that God brings in the midst of it all. And we know that we are not always treated fairly, but we know we are blessed. So we choose to behave mercifully anyway. We choose to be peacemakers in our families anyway. We choose to do the right thing, even though it will cost us something or cost us greatly because we're citizens of the kingdom. We are blessed because we know we are children of God and we belong by grace as citizens of God's kingdom, through Jesus, who gave it all for us on the cross, suffering great injustice, suffering and pain. So may God continue to assure us with these beatitudes and bring a deep, lasting inner joy and peace, no matter what's going on. We are indeed blessed. Praise be to God. Would you pray with me? God of peace, We pray that you would make us peacemakers today. God of justice, bring justice into our broken and hurting world. God of righteousness, we long for righteousness in our own lives and for a world to be transformed 
by the powerful grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that our true happiness is only found in you, Lord. And it's different from a momentary warm, fuzzy feeling. I pray for a deep sense of your presence and inner strength, a solid peace this week as we face our challenges, our giants, our pains. Lord, may your kingdom come here on earth just as it is in heaven. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.